Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, January 3rd, 2019. Oh, no. Oh. 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 I just did the, the oh. modern day equivalent <laughs> of writing the wrong year on a check. Yeah, you did. <laughs> it is Friday, January 3rd, 2020. Yay. 8, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steams. Man. Got egg on my face there. Immediately. Just immediately. And I was smart enough to change the date in the script, but not the year. Yeah, the dates change. change. I'm not James for once, but the year. (laughs) Suck it, Trebek. (laughs) It's 2020. It is 2020. We made it. We did. And it's 2020. And so I took... Uh, this opportunity to come out of my Broadway World writing sabbatical, which I've been on for Yay. God knows how long, because uh, I don't really write it, have time to write anymore. Let's see yeah. when the last article was. But I posted an article on uh, New Year's Day, the last time I'd written an article. Um, ironically enough, wow, it actually ties into today's show, was June 16th was the last time I wrote an article. Oh, jeez. And uh, it's in the last time I had actual, like, wrote a column. It's been a while. I, I wrote a review last January, and that was about it. But about, about the same for me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so but anyway, this article that came out on January first is looking back with the hindsight of 2020. See what mm-hmm. I did there, nah. and looking at ten things that we should have learned from the decade of the 2010s, and hopefully we can carry them forward into the 2020s from a theatrical perspective. Um, some of the, the 10 topics that I covered from the 2010s were when in doubt, dim the lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is nothing that Otter McDonald can't do. Correct. Everyone should subscribe to New York Theater Workshop. Absolutely. Uh, scrolling through there. When producing a Broadway show, make sure that all of your investors actually exist. <laughs> um, we should yes. all bring Hillary Clinton's joy to the theater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The theater community has a need. We've got a Lynn for that. Mm, um, yep. Theater should be for everyone. Uh, And the last one, there's a few more in there, but the last one, of course, is the future is female. So take a look at that. (laughs) Uh, Take a look at the link. We will have a link in the show notes if you want to check that out. Um, And uh, maybe it'll be another decade or so before I write something else for Broadway World. Maybe. Or at least another year. Then then, uh, the script will say 2020, and so 2021. (laughs) Yeah, I usually do a few news things here or there when we don't have one of our actual news editors uh, available to do something. Nice. eh, I ain't got got time for that. But here's something. If you go over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio and you contribute enough and enough people want it, maybe I'll write something specifically for Broadway Radio Patrons. Yes. I do a ton of writing for Ohio State-related sports stuff. Um, but not so much the theater anymore. So uh, if you really want that, make it known when you become a patron yes. at patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadway.com slash patreon. Let it escape your diary. Yeah. <laughs> it's a journal. Um, oh, anyway. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ashley. Now, normally when I start a show by saying that we have some sad news, it is because someone has passed away. Well, that is not exactly the case today. And yet, we still have a major loss for the theatrical community that we have to talk about, as it was announced yesterday afternoon, evening, that the New York Musical Festival, commonly known as NIMF, will cease operations immediately after 15 years of bringing the coolest, weirdest shows to New York stages. 
In the decade and a half of the festival's run, 400 shows premiered there, including Next to Normal, Title of Show, Chaplin, In Transit, Alter Boys, The Great American Trailer Park Musical, Yank, Gutenberg the Musical, The Other Josh Cohen, and many, many more. Unsurprisingly, actually, the show's statement cites a lack of funding to keep the festival going. They said, quote, it is with a heavy heart that we face the reality of the arts funding crisis in the United States. It is caught up with NIMF. The board and donors have valiantly subsidized NIMF operations for 15 years, but looking ahead, we do not see a clear path forward. This, coupled with the dramatic scaling back over the last few years of Fringe NYC, Ashley, uh, a lot of interesting kooky weird experimental theater will no longer have an avenue to get produced um in a way that actually people will seek out i mean there's a lot of weird interesting things that get produced at very small theaters across new york and manhattan but with the spotlight of fringe and nymph those things have a much uh, always had a much bigger platform right. than they would if they were just being done in a church basement right, which there's exactly. nothing wrong with that but those shows eventually get to nymph and stuff so um a very sad day for for a lot of folks that love these kind of things and this will actually tie into something we're going to talk about later in the show but um really really bummed out about this one yeah i mean as you said if it's when it's in the context of a festival you kind of go in expecting the avant-garde and you end up seeing show after show after show of the avant-garde which is why festivals are so special yes it's another example of the importance of arts funding and really how little this country values that in modern times i mean there used to be a point where in our history where we would use theater shows and other arts uh, projects to compete against other countries and that's certainly not the case anymore and the fact that you have shows like next to normal and title show that exists because of the musical festival uh it, it gives an opportunity for young and or green theater writers uh, to actually get their work seen by New York audiences in a very important way. I mean, Next to Normal won the Pulitzer. It's, yeah. And, and festivals, and, and that's very few and far between. I think a lot of people might make the argument that it's declined a little bit in recent years, but again, that goes back to funding, and festivals are such a difficult model for everyone, but this is really so disheartening and such a bummer, especially to start out the year. Yeah. Can you imagine Jeff Bowen and Hunter Bell getting like pitching title of show mm-hmm. to like regular Broadway commercial exactly. producers. Like, yeah. so it's what's the, no what's go. the, what's the title of the show? The title the of title show. show yeah. Who's what's it first? about? Yeah. It, <laughs> what's it about? Uh, it's about writing a musical. Yeah. Well, okay. What musical? Well, this one, wait, so you're writing a musical about writing this. It, don't, it wouldn't make sense without the, having this platform. When um, will then be now? Yeah, it, it's such a good show, too. But anyway, such a bummer. And, and hopefully there is some sort of paradigm shift or some sort of disruption in this part of uh, of the theatrical community that there can be a replacement for these type of things. And we can find a way to do it in a sustainable fashion. I don't know if that means, um, you know, some sort of, of well-funded... Uh, endowed theater company takes on something like this. Obviously, currently you're getting close to here in the next few days under the radar festival at the public right. is not dissimilar to these, obviously much smaller in scale than 
than maybe Nymph was, but um, great stuff with that. So it is still being done, but obviously uh, we hope that something comes in to fill this very, very large void that has been created. All right, so let's move on to the other big news from yesterday, Ashley. As last night, the Daily Mail's Baz Bomboy reported that Jake Gyllenhaal's production company, Nine Stories Productions, will produce a film adaptation of the Tony-winning musical Fun Home and that Jake will play Medium Allison. No, that's not correct. That's not correct. Oh, that would be great. Wouldn't that be inspired? I think he uh, could he, do it. He could. He could. Uh, can you imagine him singing, uh, singing Changing My Major to Joan? I can't uh, imagine it. I'm imagining I, it as we speak. I bet you are. Um, <laughs> no, he will be playing Bruce Bechtel, Allison's father. Uh, the Tony-winning director of the stage show, Sam Gold, will be directing the film. No word yet if Lisa Crone and Janine Tesori will be putting together the screenplay for this, although with Lisa Crone has television and, and film experience, I believe, or at least television experience, I would imagine that they will be brought on to the team and somehow. Uh, Ashley, one, Bruce Bechtel is a gay character, albeit a closeted one for right. the majority of the show. Jake Gyllenhaal, to my knowledge, is not queer, so we right. know that that will be an issue for some. Sure. I know that your love for Jake Gyllenhaal notwithstanding, mm. you probably have thoughts on that, but we'll, let's come back to that if you want. But do you have any other dream casting ideas? I'm going to take the oh, easy boy. ones because I wrote the script because I would love to see Beth Malone reprise her immediate role. Immediate thought. Of course. Always. Yeah. And then I wouldn't hate it if they spent a couple years developing this so that Sidney Lucas, who is now like 16 and a half years old, could oh, play I Media saw Madison. That on Twitter, too. So you're not the only one. Yeah. I think that could work. I mean, I she's, she she good. turned six. She turned seventeen this summer, which means you know she's probably in college at, at you know she's a freshman in college, eighteen. Like she's she's in the ballpark already. I like and I that. I did not see Fun Home on Broadway or off Broadway, but just <gasps> no. seeing her, just seeing her um, Ring of Keys from the from the Tonys. Like I think she could probably do just about anything at this. Yeah, point. I agree. I haven't really thought too much about casting yet because this came so late in the night on thursday i mean this is just jake gyllenhaal is so chaotic good at its finest like this was such because this came right after the festival news so this was such Correct. a lovely balm after that i mean fun home is of course a piece that means a very great deal to me uh i my immediate thought was that i want to see beth malone reprise her role Absolutely. whether that's plausible or not uh i mean we'll find out i don't see why not yeah i, mean, I guess unless they want to cast it big here, well, here's but, here this is another i'm going to make another prediction here for you you remember what we talked about either earlier this week or last week mm. i I would imagine that this is going to be a Netflix thing if it yeah. actually happens. No, absolutely. Yeah. So maybe you don't need to cast a star. I know Ryan Murphy has like a ton of stars <laughs> for the prom, but that's what Ryan say, Murphy does. That's, that's a Ryan Streep Murphy thing. For one. Well, yeah. Meryl Streep could play Medium Allison. Oh, I like uh, it. Yeah. There you go. But I think that's, <laughs> but I think that's much more um, a, a Ryan Murphy thing rather than yeah. a, uh, a Netflix thing. Obviously, if you have Jake Gyllenhaal, that's plenty to That's sell a musical enough. on. Sure, absolutely. So I, can, if you... I could I could see them if they did want to go big, maybe like Kate McKinnon or something like that, especially if they're going Ooh. to actually cast a queer woman. Yeah. So I mean that that would be interesting. That's kind of like the secondary thought I had in my head. 
But, you know, if it's done well, I think this is an important story that can be told in whatever the format. I think if you cast it well between the musical, the graphic novel, and the film, the, you know, eventual film, the film is likely going to be the most accessible to people. So totally, you get a big name behind it. You're going to get more people to see it. Jake, as you said, Jake Gyllenhaal's pretty damn big name so i'm excited for it i'm of course rooting for it with a great amount of love as always (laughs) when it comes to jake gyllenhaal projects yeah of course you are um okay (laughs) so here's here's the thing i wrote that article on january 1st the last article that i actually wrote on broadway world was june 16th and it was breaking oh. Jake Gyllenhaal, Annalie Ashford yeah. to lead Sunday in the Park in I knew London. That, I knew where that was going, yeah. I could see Annalie Ashford playing Helen. Oh! She, she might be a little on the young side. I mean, she, Jake Gyllenhaal's 39, uh, Annalie Ashford is 34. I mean, yeah. they're both they're both completely old enough to have children of the younger, you know, the young kids. They're old sure. enough for that. So, yeah, I guess You I guess throw a little... Throw a little makeup on them as they get older for for when Medium Allison goes to college. Uh, And we know how close they are. We know what good friends they are. Annalie Ashford played Glenda. She can do the the legit side of this. I I completely believe it. And I think she has a depth and a dramatic side that we have not seen in a musical from her. Mm. Um, so I would not be surprised. I'm not saying that's not like a prediction that they're going to do that, but knowing the connection would, that Jake and Annalie have, like, I think that that's a better chance than anybody else. I would say Sunday is a good amount of depth to interrupt you there. That's a good point. No, no you're fair. You're yeah. That's a very good point. You're yeah. right. I'm thinking of like, uh, uh, legally blonde and sure, geeky yeah. but you're right absolutely Sunday's correct but that that show ran for like three weeks and very few people actually got to see it so. uh, I saw it three times so. as I said at the top of the show suck it Trebek <laughs> and I'm uh, going over to London well, good for you uh, okay so Thank this you. is a re- this is a related story um, over the week or earlier this week we heard from uh, director Greta Gerwig who is currently basking in the the acclaim and the glow of her new film adaptation of little Little women getting tons of praise uh, from both critics and from fans. She was on a, um, a, a podcast from variety and it said that she is working on a musical and it was kind of a secret. She, it's like a secret mystery musical. And the only hint that she would get was, was quote, one thing I feel that the world is really missing right now is tap dancing. I'm just going to say that. Now, I don't know if that was a joke because I feel like there's a lot of tap dancing in musicals still. Um, But is this going to be a movie musical? I don't know. Is she writing something for the stage? I don't know. Um, But Greta Gerwig is uh, a phenomenal director and writer, and I would not be surprised if she's able to, uh, uh, you know, do some sort of big movie musical original kind of thing. And I think that'd be great. I would love to see Saoirse Ronan singing. I was just about to say, she'll be in it. Uh, Beanie Feldstein will be in it. Carrie Coon will be in it. Uh, oh, I love me Carrie Coon. Yeah, I love so me some Carrie Coon. The best. Yeah. All right. So, Ashley, we're going to close today's show off with a little section of our th- theatrical resolutions for yeah. 2020. We're not going to spend a ton of time on this, but we wanted to do this to get ourselves accountable in our first show of 2020. Mm. And or 2019. It, whatever 
um, and uh, and put these things on there. These are specifically theatrically related resolutions. So, actually, do you want to go first? Tell me or how many do you have first off? Um, probably like three or four, I guess. Okay, yeah. I've got three. I've got three. So why don't nice. you go? We'll go one and one. And okay. then that way you'll be first and last. Okay. Oh, well, I like that. Perfect. Well, one would certainly be uh, the number of shows I see. I mean, theater isn't my only beat, so it becomes a little difficult of like saying, I want to see 150 shows a year because, I mean, that ends up being one show every two and a half to three days and that's not yeah. gonna happen <laughs> i mean a hundred seems pretty safe at least i'm aiming for a hundred shows across i mean across broadway off broadway off off broadway regional and also counting but also maybe counting repeats i haven't decided yet we'll see how <laughs> close i get there all right well mine is in that same vein i over the years since I stopped reviewing things here locally in Orlando is I just don't see a lot of shows down here anymore because I'm, I'm busy. I've got like 19 jobs. Um, and so it, it's tough for me. But I want to make a commitment to see as much, not just in Central Florida, but in Florida in general uh, as I can, because there's a lot of really good theater, especially in Tampa and in Miami um, and some other places as well in Florida. So I want to make an effort to see two shows per month here in Florida. And speaking of fringe festivals, um, Orlando has a great fringe, and I've only been oh, a couple really? times. Has a phenomenal fringe, and, but that. the problem is it is uh, right in the middle of Tony season, so I'm usually slammed oh, with work. So I've only boy. really gone once, um, where I've or I've gotten a pass, but I want to get a ten show pass and 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 see that uh, this year. I'll have to schedule it uh, appropriately, but uh, I really want to get uh, get into seeing some more theater here here in Florida. I missed they did down somewhere. I forget what theater a fairly well-known theater down in South Florida uh, in December did mystery of Edwin Drew with Autumn Hurlburt, oh, who nice. has been a guest oh, wow. on. Okay. Yeah. She's been a guest on Tommy Moore before. I love Autumn Hurlburt. Um, and I didn't go because it's just like, I'm too busy. I don't want to drive the three, four hours to get there. And, but I want to make that commitment. So that's my first one. So Ashley, what is up next for you? Mine is very related to that actually, because both coming off the festival news and what you've said, I want to see shows outside of New York for sure. Definitely get to a few different places. My, plan is to go back to atlanta at some point this year so i'd love to make it to alliance and i mean august is pretty far away i am currently aiming to go to uh edinburgh fringe this year depending on what oh, the summer fancy. looks like for me i know so if anyone needs an aggressive amount of theater coverage in edinburgh <laughs> i'm your girl Yes, absolutely. Well, it, uh, another one that I want to do is I tried last year at the beginning of the year. I said I am going to read a play every week. That did not that did not happen. But I want to read a play every month, um, and I want to make that play. I want to make whatever play I read one a month by a woman or a person of color Love because that. yes, there are tons of great plays by white men but i've seen a lot of plays by right white men and i've read a lot of plays by, by white men according to playbill all of them well and new york times and, new york and times, the tony the, the tony, tony awards oh yeah the little, that little thing yeah 
Amazing. Damn it, Janet. Uh, yeah, so I want to read one play per month by a woman or person of color. So if you have a suggestion, I've got a ton on my shelf that I haven't read. But if there's something that you want to suggest that I kick off January with, feel free to tweet me at Matt. Ashley, what is your next one? Similarly, and this might actually be my last one because this is my main one. Uh, and all okay. the shows that I intend to see, I want to make sure... And again, similar to yours, we're very much on point here with each other. I want to make sure that I am especially centering women playwrights, playwrights of color, and queer playwrights first in whatever I see. But it's actually been several years since I've kept track of every show that I saw during a year. I used to do that pretty religiously when I wasn't seeing so many shows a year, and at some point I just lost track of it, but... I'm a big fan of stats, so when I start doing that, everything's going to be broken down by writer and by director, and hopefully it will look a lot more diverse than, you know, what the general theater scene looks like. Yeah. If I ever end up coming to New York full-time or part-time, my goal is to see more things off the beaten path yeah, than on. Um, so, and I think that's a lot easier I'm, when you venture out of yeah. the safer spaces in, in New York theater. I mean, but, when I really started covering theater and really getting into theater, like the dream was to make sure that I saw all Broadway shows every season. And now I'm just like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see a few. I'll see a few. That's I'll see the ones that I'm really anticipating, and that's about it. I give I care more about off Broadway for sure right now, and regional and just interesting productions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, my last one is a little different than some of the things we've talked about, but I used to direct and produce a lot back in the day, and I have not done that uh, a lot recently. Uh, so I want to produce either a show or a reading or a concert yes. either down here in Florida or in New York. I've talked about doing something at 54 Below before, and I've yeah. just never put it all together. Um, so I want to do that at some point. I've it got a very bit. good friend of mine who owns a studio down here. She's a, a voice teacher, and she has a studio, a small studio, and, and we've talked about doing stuff there, and we're just both so busy. Um, so I want to do something this year. I don't know what. I don't know where. I don't know when. But uh, my goal is to produce something in the 2020 calendar year either in Florida or New York. That's excellent. I'm rooting for you. Thank you, because I'm going to make sure that uh, you review it and give me a good review. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, of course. Uh, all right, <laughs> so did you gar- have... You can't guarantee that I will review anything ever, to be I fair. I know, that's true. <laughs> um, do you... Uh, did you have another one, or did you want to... No, no, I think that's, uh, that's pretty much it. I'm sure as the year goes on, I'll start... You know, narrowing in on things that I'm interested in and coming up with like sub goals. But for now, I mean, that's a pretty good place to start. I never know where I'm going to end up in a year when it comes to what I get to see and what I get to cover (laughs) and and what my most focused on beat is. But it'll always to some extent be theater. Yeah. Well, that is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And again, if you have a play by a woman or person of color that you think I should read, please tweet me and let me know. Ashley, where can people send any kind of suggestions of things to you? Oh, God, always on the Twitter or the Instagram at Ashley. 
All right. Also, if you want to help me write more theater things, go over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio and give me an incentive to do so. Yes. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, James and crew will be back on Sunday with This Week on Broadway, and then we will be back to talk to you on Monday. Bye.